you're playing slow, so we're playing through. Hosted by Bob Ballou and Carl Nicholson. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Play the famous Texas Triangle. Championship golf at its finest. Horseshoe Bay Resort. Good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas, and welcome inside another edition of Playing Through, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort, right here on the Horn. I'm Bob Ballou. Hey, good morning. I'm Carl Mickelson. Bob, great to be with you, Austin, Texas. Great to be with you on another Scorcher. If you want to do something in the shade, do it early, man. If you want, you want it to feel good, because it's going to get hot today. I'm going to tell you what, yesterday, yesterday, I had a friend of mine ask me to play golf. And I am always the, I mean, I've got, so my, my wife and kids are in New York. Mm. They are out of town. They've been gone all week. Well, my wife, she kind of, so I, I think I've, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but they live, her family lives in as far Northern New York as you can go on the Canadian border. And so um, they, we go up there at some point during the summer. So my wife took the kids up there, but then she had meetings in New York city, New York, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So she basically dropped them off Monday with her parents, flew back down to New York City, was there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then went back Thursday night on her birthday and got home really late. And so it was kind of a whirlwind week for all of us. I was up in Dallas for Big 12 Media Days for football, um, getting ready for the 2023 season. And so we were kind of all over the place. But I knew I had Friday, Saturday, Sunday to kind of get some stuff done around the house play a little role of bachelor, whatever you can play as a married right. man with two kids at the age of 45. Um, and so I was like, all right, I've got the weekend to do some stuff. I was like, maybe I'll play golf. So Thursday I was talking to a buddy of mine. He's like, Hey, do you want to play tomorrow? <laughs> I was like, what time's your tea time? Uh, one twenty. And I, I just like, it, I mean, it's been a long week. I'll say that, right. but I was just like, I can't. And I don't know that I've ever passed up golf. Like, I just don't, I don't remember a time where I could do it, that I passed it up. But I've just been so, I was so sick uh, Saturday, Sunday, earlier in the week, and then just trying to get over that. And I just wrote him and I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. It's going to be 107 plus the heat index. I was like, I just can't. And, and I regret it. Even though I know it was the right decision, I still regret it. It is hard to get yourself to want to go play golf in the 107 degree heat right now. Well, I think I played a couple of weeks ago and it was 100, 101. And it just kind of, kind of teetering back and forth. And every comfort station that had the ice towels, we took advantage. I mean, I can't, I can remember the last time I've, I've literally just put, had the ice towels and put one on my head, one on my neck and, you know, whatever, whatever COVID uh, policies I, I ever had went out the window in, in that moment because I don't know who had that towel before me who washed it in between but whatever but it was going on my head uh I can't imagine doing it at 105 106 whatever we've had this week it's been it's been insane yeah my buddy texted me a photo from the 15th tee and like wow it's impressive that you play that you're gonna play all 18 but even more impressive that you're at the 15th tee in about two hours he's like yeah there's nobody out here yeah well and if that's the way to do it you're gonna do it do it quick He's like, there is no standing still out here. That was the, the takeaway. But no, that's part of the exchange here. I mean, we we're we're used to it in some regards, and and others we just kind of have to grin and bear. But no, I've been there with you. I've 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 looked at the thermometer before and and, and turned it down. Usually it's usually it's for the cold, but it's a little tough to get out there. It's tough to even go practice right now. But it is. 
That's all right. I will be out at Horseshoe Bay earlier this week. We um we're suddenly for maybe the first time ever uh kid free for a week. So we're gonna spend a couple of days out at Horseshoe Bay this week. And I, I, awesome. I don't know what I don't know what the the temperatures have in store for us, but I want to get out there one one day at least. That's fantastic. Yeah, looking forward to that. I'm I'm in anticipation mode. Well, we're and I'm sure. and I'm heading up to New York to meet the family and. Uh, that is a, it's going to be fun because I looked at the, even if it, it's supposed to rain a bunch, uh, mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, it said that like the high temperature once I get there is 80. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I get up to Pennsylvania in a few weeks and that I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually looking forward to packing a couple of layers, a couple of quarter zips that have been sitting dormant for a few months. Um, that'll be good. I have a question. If you go to... Harlingen, Del Rio. Oof. There's sort of like a, a a fetishized thing about the border town that you you they hype up that they're right on the border of Mexico, that it's a whole other country, and you get the, you know, the uh imagery, the 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 gifts, the doodads, the the even some of the design. Do they fetishize that they're close to Canada up where your wife grew up? Is is, is there is there an equivalent to like pinatas that's a really, and, that's a really and, good know, question the little, I, I, the little woven purses and things like that yeah yeah no, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that if i remember correctly uh, my wife has talked for a long time about how when they were kids they would go across the border to shop and there's some i can't remember what it is like there's no tax or there's no you know whatever right. state over there to buy their school supplies and their and the exchange rate was really good it has historically been pretty good yeah right and so i i i think they were very much just um that was kind of their 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 childhood was you could pop over to um you could pop over to cornwall right there mm-hmm. across the border in canada um foreign country so mod we usually fly to montreal montreal is an hour and 15 minutes away from oh that's great well, I take that back. We try to fly to Ogdensburg if we can. I know you're a big fan of Ogdensburg. Uh, we we try to fly to Ogdensburg because it's in the U.S. It's but you have the layover in Philly. It used to be Washington D.C. Now it's Philly. So you have the layover in Philly that could be up to three hour layover and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, do you want to go through customs and do all that mess in Montreal? Do you want to have the layover in Philly? It's kind of up to you. But and then the hour and fifteen minute drive versus a forty minute drive. So. Um, real big decisions we have to make in the summer as we, as we head back up there, but no, it's nice. You know, we, we play, uh, play the, I know we've talked about it, the legendary iconic Messina country club, uh, played the 1937 U S open there. They did not, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, it's just a, a little fun, fun. Tra- it's actually, I, I like the course. It's a fun track. Uh, I usually play really well on the back because the back is just like kind of straight par four back par four short par three par four par four par five par, like it's it's just real straight and it's not there's not a lot to it um and you could kind of just i mean there are trees there are a lot of trees but if you can hit it down the middle you're gonna have a chance at uh, making a lot of birdies which is kind of fun. that's great 
I love the old designs because you you see how walkable they were. They, they weren't built for cart paths and infrastructure and where the home's going to go. None, none of that was thought. It was just about the golf and getting from one hole to the next, which is very cool. And it, it speeds up the round, but it also it, it's just kind of fun. It's very throwback. I love that. I'll tell you another really fun part of the course is 17 and 18 are on the St. Lawrence River, which oh, is nice. the river that divides the U.S. and Canada. And so these ships come through that are like the biggest ships you've ever seen in your life. Uh, because they're they're coming through the the you know on the St. Lawrence River and uh, it's kind of fun to be on 18 and you look over and there's this ship that is just like massive floating by you and you're like okay well this was you know it's like it's a really pretty view and um, and then you'll see you know people on ski doos and get take their boats out and stuff like that but um, yeah so we'll be we'll be up there and uh, I, I would guess I would play I usually I used to take my clubs I don't we would play a lot. Uh, we would probably play like if we put, went up for eight days, let's say we'd probably play four of them. Um, but since we've had kids, we don't seem to play as much golf when we go up anymore. So uh, <laughs> funny enough. Um, and so I will um, I'll just like borrow a set of 1937 Mizunos. And uh, I've got an obsession with 1937 and Messina. I'm not sure why. Uh, 1937 Mizunos and just play with those. And if I shoot you know, a hundred, I shoot a hundred. Who cares? I, that's great. I, I've gotten more comfortable with rental sets because rental sets have gotten better. I remember there was once in not new Iberia. What's the town? Abita, Abita Springs, Louisiana. I got the craziest cobbled together rental sets you've ever seen. I mean, brand, I mean, I've been around the golf industry since 93 so, so for there to be an equipment brand that I've never heard of, pretty amazing. <laughs> But to have four to five equipment brands I've never heard of in the same set <laughs> is extraordinary. Did you name any of them? Do you remember any of them? No, I think I wrote it down. I might, I might have actually written an op-ed joking piece because they're also that that round also. Not only was I playing with that, and of course the shafts were super whippy, so I, I had to play the hook on every shot. And I get to what I think was the tenth hole, and. I had a sweeping hook and I played for it and it dribbles down the cart path. And then the guy that was mowing the greens stops and he bows up. And I'm like, you okay? He's like, that almost hit me. I'm like, yeah, like 0. 0.00000 miles per two miles per hour. Yeah. I mean, it dri would have dribbled and, and hit a toe. Like, he, so he just starts cursing me out and ask, asking me if I want to go. I'm like, it's seven in the morning. My family's not awake. I'm out here sneaking in a three hour round before everybody wakes up. This is just going to be the perfect crime. Now you want a fist fight? That's interesting. It was just the most bizarre round. And the, and the other thing was I'd never played the course and there was quite a bit more water than I remember. I thought a sleeve was going to be enough. Had I not found a ball at some point, I would have had to walk in with <laughs> So I did finish the round, but it was literally like like Tiger Woods at Pebble, last ball in the, in the pocket. And I'd almost had to have a fist fight, which I probably would have not fared too well in. He was a tough, tough <laughs> Usually if you're on a course and somebody wants to fist fight you, it's because they're probably fairly good at fist fighting. They've got a lot of pent-up anger. Yeah, there. it's not the first thing that comes in my mind. Yeah, there's other ways. Right. Oh, that's too funny. Um, I was. It, this all made me think about how we – you know, we, we've talked about a lot of things on the show over four and a half years. And and one of the things that I think is kind of funny that I was, for some reason, popped in my head was how, like, maybe two years ago, we were having these conversations about what are you doing to dial in your golf game? What are you doing 
is there something you can do every week? Can you go practice? Can you get out for 45 minutes and go do stuff, whatever? And I remember at the time thinking, I mean, I had, you know, I think we had had two kids or it was, I had one and I had another one on the way, whatever it was. And I, I had made this promise that year. I was like, I'm going to keep stats. I'm going to keep like all my rounds. I'll probably play roughly 40 to 50 rounds, whatever the number was and all this stuff. And now I'm like turning down golf and I'm like, I've played like, if you don't include my banden trip where we played, you know, seven rounds outside of that, I don't, I think I've maybe played five this year, maybe four uh, rounds total this year. It is so funny. The ebbs and flows of life and what, where your mind goes on things. And I miss it. I mean, it's not like I don't miss it. If I could still be doing what I did that year and play all those rounds and keep stats and try to get better and practice and all that I would, but it's just funny how like, they're just years where life is like, yeah, you're going to play a lot of golf this year. And the next year it's like, you're not going to play at all. And uh, it is a strange feast or famine. I, I, I don't think, yes, yeah, my kids are, are 13 and 10. And I don't think there's ever been two years in a row where I played roughly the same number of rounds. It's, it's, it's sort of normalizing now that they've, they've got their own activities and they're doing their own things, but I'm even pulled into that a little bit, I, as you can imagine, chauffeur and, you know, supporting what they're doing. But uh, it is very strange how it just ebbs and flows and there's no, you know, when you have kids and you don't live right on the golf course or, or, or what, you know, whatever other factors intervene, uh, it can be very inconsistent about how much we play. I remember we were, we were holding each other accountable for how many birdies we were going to make in a year and that sort of thing. And yeah. I just don't think there's been enough rounds in to even make any of those any of those goals that we used to set and and well I could have set whatever goal I wanted to. I know there haven't been enough birdies. I can tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> um well let's talk a little golf. Uh you know you're we on the course or off. What's that? You're going on the course or in or in the uh the walls of the Senate? <laughs> well, we have you know, we have the uh we have the open championship coming up. Um and it's it's the final major of the year, which is kind of crazy to that you know, this is and that's that's an interesting thing I think we can get into too. But like I, I think it's interesting. Um I, I when I got to Big 12 Media Days, Chad Hastings is one of the first per, one of the first people that I saw when I got there. Right. That was the first thing he came up to me and he was like, So were you are you are you backing Greg Norman? What are you doing right now? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, are you backing Greg Norman? That, that 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 might be the most Aggie way to 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 <laughs> perspective to come of all of all the perspectives and all of the the avalanche of 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 crazy items that have come out. Are you backing Greg Norman? That's great. It is funny every week how how there's something new. It's I mean it's it, for a while it was almost every day, um, but. I mean, it was it, it. It's literally every week. There's like some new bombshell that drops that is that we can't believe. You know, um, the the random. The, it's obviously not a random Twitter person, but the random Twitter guy who got the documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm still curious to see if we ever figure out who that is, uh, because it's obviously someone that's in the know. It's obviously someone who is. Right. They were, yeah, they, they knew exactly where to sniff and how. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. Yeah, they knew what they were um, looking for. Yeah. Maybe it's Monahan's burner. Maybe he's the one that, maybe he's like wanting all this stuff released. No. But so we, we, you know, all this stuff has come out. And then, you know, one of one of the things I thought was really interesting this week, and I, I want you to get into some of the things you, you took from it, but um, 
to me, it seems like now live golf is going to survive. It seems like that's, and like they were, and like these guys, I feel like we're never worried about it. They were like, we're, yeah, we're, we were never going to have to come back to the PGA tour. We're never going to have to do any of that stuff. And um, it's all just, it's all so much to take in and try to try to understand. Um, It's like every day something is new and then you think you understand something and then they come up with something else. And it's like, where did this come, you know, every day. So, so what were, what are some of your big takeaways from all this? You know, at the end of the day, as much pomp and circumstance as we put on these or, or, or as much credit as we give people for being high powered attorneys or, or versed in legalese or versed in business deals. It's all just, we're all just, you know, boys and girls with petty grudges trading baseball cards. I mean, it's just really, it, it's, it's not really as complex as you want it to be. I, I, I think when the facade comes down, I mean, if, if you, if you look in, into what what people wanted and, and what their motivations were, it was just very transparent. I mean, it just it's almost you almost feel sad for the PIF governor who's like, and yeah, if you can make me a member of the Royal and Ancients and Augusta National, we've got a deal. I mean, it's the framework of that shouldn't be pathetic, but it's it's it's, it's it just seems extremely pathetic and 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 weird. Uh, I know there's a lot more to that. I mean, there's a non-disparagement clause where they can't, where the PGA Tour wasn't allowed to say anything derogatory about about Saudi Arabia as as a as a nation, as a government, as a as a as an entity. Um, yeah, but as far as I mean, I think we're a long way from knowing, you know, what the tour schedule would look like if 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 Live was going to be a fall series, if Live was going to you know be in parallel. Again, these were these were just these are just on the whiteboard right now. All of this is still just on the whiteboard. I I, I don't think we saw the the fr- the actual framework agreement. I think we saw a lot of documents building up to it. What you know, some kind of some wish list once one. You know, one side wanted Greg Greg Norman out of the picture, the other wanted a lot of power and 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 some influence and you know Augusta Augusta memberships, things of that nature. It just what I didn't see what was good for the fan. I, I didn't see anything good for the fans necessarily. I mean, would the product necessarily be stronger, more stable, be be solidified financially? Yeah, there's that. So okay, there's there's a product that's going to be there for the fans. Uh I just I just don't know if it all was going to make a, a better a better show. And if if you're Tiger Woods or Roy McIlroy, like I think we talked about last year where Tiger just kind of brushed off that he you know he had any knowledge of of, of how he was being used as a, a, a pawn or as as a kind of as a, a trading marker in this process. Uh Rory's got to be really ticked. I mean, you, you saw Rory come out and say, given the choice to play anything related to live and retiring, I would I would absolutely just retire and not be a professional golfer anymore. So there's that. And then, you, then you've got line after line, you know, player after player on the PGA Tour coming through saying, yeah, we feel betrayed. We don't know who to trust. Yeah. And there's people we used to trust implicitly that we're not sure we trust anymore. It's a bad state of affairs for the PGA Tour. As good as the product this has been, as, as we've said on this show week in and week out, the saving grace in all of this is that you've got, you know, a Canadian win the, winning the Canadian Open. You've got 
guys winning the U.S. Open heroically. You've got, you know, great playoff action. You've got Ricky Fowler returning to form. Any number of of things bode well for the state of the PGA Tour and professional golf at large as as we we head into Open Championship Week. Uh, You know, really starting tomorrow evening, it it, it kicks off. Uh, But beyond the scenes... I mean, the PGA Tour might be might be in some peril. I mean, I mean, quite honestly, if this doesn't go, this doesn't get approved in in in, in the way they want it. What can we say about the future state of the PGA Tour and and who owns it, who runs it, who has the power, who has the support of sponsors at this point? How many bridges have been burned at this point? Right. Yeah, and, and and I think that's maybe the most concerning in all this stuff. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. Let's let's get out for just a minute. We're gonna we take a quick break and come back, and we'll. Uh, and we'll we'll dive a little more into this because I had a few thoughts I wanted to, to bring up, and um, but we gotta we gotta hit a quick break as we start our show. Uh, Carl, uh, you mentioned that you're heading out to Horseshoe Bay. It it really is with the temperatures where they are. This is a really good time to get out there and relax and get out by the pool and do the fun things they have out on the lake. I mean, this is just a it's it's such a beautiful and perfect time for all that. Yeah, there's really no question about it. I mean, I, I'm in that anticipation mode of just obviously unplugging, but getting out to Horseshoe Bay, it's, a, you know, my wife and I, we, we got different things we're looking forward to doing. She she wants to get out by the Yacht Club pool and enjoy some of the new features there. I I, I don't think they had the bar and, and outdoor F&B set up last time she was there. I'm obviously looking to see what great condition the golf courses are in and and spend a little time at Whitewater, not, not only the, the putting core 18-hole, putting course but also in there at the sports bar uh so yeah there, there's yeah and again i have not seen a lot of these inflatable water features that are out there too so i'm i, I don't know if i'm going to get on them oh Mike, you are Mike, no you are you and the wife are going to do that that's your goal right. i think i'll have to then yeah well I, we'll have to find a way to get out there yeah no i'd love to be on the water because i mean it's it's just a little too hot to be just on just on the shore right now so i think we're gonna have to get in the water on the water uh, but very much looking forward to it. Like I said, Horseshoe Bay has it all. It's, it, it is the ultimate kind of compendium of, of fun things that you like to do uh, outdoors, indoors. Like I said, the gr- great dining options. People, always, people when we bring people from out of state, they always joke about it. We're going to have chicken fried lobster at the Yacht Club. I'm like, if you want to, you can, it, it's there to be had. And that that's just sort of the the motif at Horseshoe Bay. If you if you want to go drive a Ford Bronco up and down limestone rock walls and through creeks and splash around through the mud, you can do that. You can do the off rodeo experience with a, with a Ford Bronco. You can chill by the pool. You can you can do your vacation your way. If you if you want to live inside the spa for three or four days, go for it. I mean they they've got it all. It's all world class, and it's right here, just an hour from from the heart of Austin. HSBresort.com. HSBresort.com. Get out to Horseshoe Bay. Tell them Bob and Carl sent you. All right, when we come back, much more on Live Golf, PGA, PGA Tour Golf, and, of course, heading out to Royal Liverpool for the Open Championship. Stay with us. This is Playing Through on the Horn. Back after this. Another good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. Welcome back inside this edition of Playing Through on the Horn. 
Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He's Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. We are in the middle of talking. I know you'll be surprised to hear this. PGA Tour Live Golf. Isn't it funny to think a year and a half ago, if I had told you the majority of our shows would be dominated by Live Golf, uh, a second league, all these things, and like it was such a bad, it was such a bad thought at the time. And it's still just hovering over the golf world. Like it just, it, it just isn't going away. They're not settling on anything. I know these things take time, not acting like they don't, but it's a frustration. I mean, if you think about a guy like Jordan Spieth, who this week kind of reiterated and was as frustrated as Scotty Scheffler was, which is if Scotty Scheffler's frustrated about something, that's when you know uh, it's gotten to a bad point because he's the most like, I'm just going to play golf, like whatever I need to do. And he's fine. It's not like he's, but they, somebody asked uh, ahead of the Scottish Open this weekend, um, they asked Jordan Spieth, if Jay Monahan has to rebuild players trust and he said, quote, yeah, quite a bit, just based on conversations I've had with players. And I think he realizes that I'm sure he's plan preparing a plan to try and build it back. And that's on the heels of uh, Scotty Scheffler, who uh, said as a player on the PGA tour, we still don't really have a lot of clarity as to what's going on. And that's a bit worrisome. They keep saying it's a player run organization and we don't really have the information we need. We are not involved in any of the discussions. I watched part of the hearing yesterday and didn't learn anything. It really is kind of that cycle where it's just a framework agreement. So I don't know what that entails. That's, you know, it, to me, when you get to the point where the players are speaking out about the concerns and the, um, you know, what's going on in their minds, it's not great. It's just not great. I mean, it's just not a, it's not, not that, not that any of this has been great. Right. Um, but then when – so so you get to a point where you say um, – you know, do the players just need to kind of keep all of their thoughts private, move aside on all this stuff? Uh, they need to finish up this framework. Because when you when it comes down to it uh, – and they're going to fight for all their stuff. I'm just saying more on a private sense. They're making so much money. And there aren't a lot of people on the outside world that really are going to feel sorry for them. Uh, right. What's going on now? They, they believe they just, the whole thing started because Phil Mickelson believed players deserve more of a share of the money. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think he's wrong in that sense. I think there was a, a, a legit beef for that. But at the same time, Carl, this has been hanging over the game of golf now for, for a year and a half, two years, and, and really probably longer in the, in the background of things. Right. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think your your point about the players maybe just going into no comment mode is pretty smart because it's just like you ever build a house from the ground up from the slab up. I mean, it's just like if if you, I mean, and some people do this. I mean, if 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 you said, "Hey, well, the plumbing's going in. We're thirty seven at least, well, it's a bad, it's a bad analogy because you're building a house. At least you know where it's going. At least you know, <laughs> right. you, it's all a framework agreement. At least you know what the framework is in the house. This is, there are so many moving parts to this that it's almost, you, you can, it's almost from a cathartic standpoint, not strategic, intellectual, philosophical. It's more just the raw emotion of like, how does all this BS make you feel? It's all you can really 
intelligently ask a player right now because we don't know. We don't know for sure that Greg, that Greg Norman is out on his his butt. Again, we don't know if if, if Liv is going to be viable. So that, that that's so so all I have as as a as a you know trained with 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 a hand around my throat journalist and and grammar nerd is I don't like it being called a merger. It's not. It's it's the framework right. agreement. And it's not live. It's the public investment fund. So it's not. So the, so the whole, when everybody says, "Hey, well, what's going on with, with the PGA Tour live merger?" It's just like, well, it's well, two. It's it, two of the three things you said. It's not two of them. It yeah, probably won't be by the time it shakes out. It's never been about live. I mean, if anything was more telling, it was, it was our our text exchange from the last last week that I had missed in real time but caught up. But the the flash mob on on the first tee. Uh, of the live London tour. it just it just shows you again what a horny pointless product live is it's just the Trojan horse for everything else the Saudis want to do you know with the power of the public investment fund and their ambitions to to be pivotal in professional golf you know the way they, the way they've become in other sports you know n- namely namely soccer globally right. uh and I get it, but there's no there's no way anybody can tell me. Well, how do you feel about this? What do you, what do you mean? Well, I don't know if any of this gets done the way it's drawn up, and it's drawn up four or five different ways with four or five different different end games from from different people with with different levels of investment in it. I mean, we don't know if Jay Monahan's going to be around, right? We know if PGA Tour is going to be the PGA Tour. We don't know if there will be a live. We just know that the Saudis want to be more influential and more involved in professional golf, and they've got the power and the money to do it. Clearly, I mean, by, by Jay Mountain and Jimmy Dunn's actions, it shows that they've got the power to do it. I mean, if, it is, if there's one thing to, yeah, there, the old, you know, wherever you first heard the term, everybody's got a price. Uh, the, the tour had theirs. The tour has had theirs. Um, a lot of mitigating factors. I mean, they, there, there's been a lot of snooping around about where, you know, the tour as a nonprofit entity has been a big sticking point for a lot of people. I mean, again, you go back to Phil Mickelson, he kicked up a lot of dust. Right. And it's led to all this. I mean, that's, it's, it's in the walls of the Senate now. I mean, and you know, there's some support and there's some, there's some uh, raised eyebrows. So I just think we're a long way from resolved. I mean, if, if that would be the most surprising thing, Bob, if any of this is resolved quickly by say the 2025, 2026, that would be shocking. I think this is just going to roll around for a while, and maybe it won't. Maybe money's that influential, and, and and golf can just go ahead and sell its soul swiftly, and we can just move on to normalcy. We can get into Scotty Scheffler mode and just play, just watch, just have tournaments. But I don't know how we all don't feel just a little bit dirtier in the process. I agree, and it's it's been. I just think everybody's tired of it too. I think that's the other really big problem in all of this is everybody's tired of talking. Like we want to be talking about the open championship. I want to be talking right. about, and we're going to in just a second. Right. Um, in fact, I, I want to switch gears real quick because we only have so much show and I don't, sure. I don't want to spend it just going down these justice department rabbit holes. <laughs> right. that could go down in this. Um, and nothing's I, resolved. So really what are we talking about? Yeah. I mean, no, nothing is, yeah, no, nothing has a clear path at this point. 
Um, I, I want to get into the U.S. Women's Open before we do the Open Championship. That's all right with you. Did you get that's a chance great. to watch uh, over the weekend? And and listen, that's a big step for women's golf. And and this is as we try to figure out ways to get that in the spotlight. How how do you get the U.S. How do you get women's golf into a bigger spotlight? Well, NBC did a, a good job of it by putting them in the spotlight and making it a primetime Saturday, Sunday deal. So if you're turning through and you're like, okay, let me watch this for a minute. Maybe you start to get to see a few of the people. Maybe you start to understand who it's not, you know, there are like three people that are, Oh, Lexi Thompson. And you know, there aren't many people that a lot of people know if you're a casual golf watcher. Well, watching Rose Zhang now is going to be a lot of fun over the next few years. I'm going to tell you the other person that I think is going to really impact this game for a while now is Charlie Hull. Charlie Hull has really, you know, taken a step as a, uh, did you see what, by the way, did you see what she did? I, sorry to just like interrupt my own thought. Uh, she obviously had a, great, she had a great final round. Did you see what she did uh, yesterday? I, uh, let's see. No, I did. I, I honestly did. didn't No, I saw her interview, which I, which I loved after the, after the, uh, U.S. Women's Open, but no, I didn't have not seen her play or do anything. They're, they're in London at the, uh, Aramco team series. She made 10 birdies. She shot 30 on the back. I love she, that. She shot 68. <laughs> How does that happen? You ask. She made 10 birdies, seven pars. Mm-hmm. and a 10 10 birdies and a 10 that's amazing yeah 10 uh, birdies oh, that's that's a bummer because the 10 birdies could have yeah could have let her somewhere really special but yeah but but so what were your you know my biggest takeaway obviously at the u.s open her sunday was great but um allison corpus was was uh so steady and so much so easy to watch down the stretch and her her demeanor was great she was laughing smiling as they walked through some of the holes when it kind of got to a pressure point she seemed right. really relaxed um and this is what i think is maybe hard about women's golf as well we've had a couple first time winners on the lpga tour in general and they were at majors and i think you know it's harder it's it's a you know Wyndham clark i think had won once maybe is that right his first win was a few weeks before yeah the open i think and, and I'm not, this is not a you know hopefully he starts winning a lot and he's a good player whatever I think sometimes that actually takes away from the event for fans. Not, I mean, obviously for us who love golf, we love to see it happen and it's, it's a blast to watch it, but I almost think it takes away from the dynamic of you want your, some of the best players to be there and then one of them to win because it almost, it puts more around the game. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to, this is not taking away from what these people are doing. I just, sometimes I think it's almost better to major to see a, if Ricky Fowler had won, that story would have been unbelievable. If Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler or whoever it was, you know, bigger name, John Rahm, Roy McIlroy had won, there's a lot more around it. Whereas I think Wyndham Clark wins, everybody kind of goes, eh, okay. Yeah, but we, we haven't completed the chapter on Wyndham Clark yet. I mean, uh, what we talked about a lot about, about the grit that he played with, the – the steeliness, the strong mental resolve. I mean, he won a U.S. Open because he was the best prepared to do so. And he, sure. he putted well. He hit it a long way. He 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 did everything he had to do. He did what, what Ricky Fowler did for about, you know, 48, 52 holes, you know, and then, you know, or more than that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 60 for Ricky. But, uh, you know, uh, so, I mean, a, a good I performance. Guess- 
a good performance, but I mean, obviously, yeah, no, 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 no mark, no marquee fireworks, right? No, no, yeah, big, it's, it wasn't John Rom, Scotty Scheffler down to the 72nd hole. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's Michael Campbell winning in 05. It's Lucas Glover winning in 09. It's you like, worried that that might be the case. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny. He resembles Webb Simpson a little bit. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you wonder if it's just another Webb Simpson situation where those again, good players. I mean, yeah, re really, really at the top of their game and, and majors are funny. U.S. Opens are funny. They, they grind a lot out of you. I mean, the, this, this course setup was a little different, but the pressure gets you and the pressure got to Rory McIlroy. Yeah, I mean, caused cause some unforced errors. I mean, yes. I mean, again, another major where, where Rory was right there. Um, almost just he just didn't like. I, I I don't know. I know we we talked about all that. Yeah, but I, I guess I'm just kind of like it. It's one of those things where I love it. I think it's great. I thought it was great to see Wyndham Clark win it. I had a I, I loved the event. I, I like I told you. I said uh, I thought he might win it with just based on kind of his cockiness, confidence mm -hmm. uh, together, but. I just don't know, you know, and, and that's the thing, like with Allison Corpus, she was very soft spoken when we were done. There's no there's not this great, huge dynamic around them, whereas like a Charlie Hull, there is a there is a good dynamic. Like she's saying great stuff on 18 in the middle of the fairway. Um, I, I just I think that's what you need. I think in this game, you're going to need some explosive type people. That's what golf has. I mean, obviously, the PGA Tour has that. I just want to see it on the women's tour. And I and I really enjoyed watching it in primetime. I really did. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And, and, and again, Pebble Beach is a, is a great championship venue this time of year. It's, obviously, it's a beautiful golf course, but it's got the elements of you've really got to not give the round away. You can't right. have you can't have 10 birdies in a 10. Uh, and and it, there, there are some holes that will do that to you. But there are also holes that, that, that you need to make your birdies on. And that's the Allison Corpus type type of round where it's just steady you know I, again I think one of the most legendary players of, of all time would probably not would not have a huge number of fans but he'd have a ton of majors and a ton of wins Byron Nelson a guy that just never got his his, his nose dirty yeah. uh, it, it just really was a fairways and greens and and make the birdies that want to fall in and tap in the ones that didn't and never really shoot higher than 74 or so um but when you when you got it going clean everybody's clocks and that's kind of what you you've almost got a tour of of, of 30 byron nelsons on the lpga it's just like okay mild manner really respectful great for the game would love to play with her would, would love to see her do well but you're not getting tiger woods on the 18th green at bay hill slamming the cap down after drilling a 30 footer and the lpga has almost none of that right you know they've got I a ton mean, of great players i, I don't mean, mean you have to faux create it either yeah, right um but they just you've got to have some of that dynamic and i obviously like rose zhang is a, is a really compelling story right but is she a compelling person and that'll that's, be an interesting that's thing the to tough see. thing about golf i mean if you, you you look you look at some of the the, the great legends i mean i mean the men's side's just been fortunate. I mean, it's, right, it's, like a sport. I mean, you go, you go back to when Fred couples and, and, and Greg Norman were playing there, they, they, they were, you know, then you go into the Tiger Woods there. There've been, there've been some mild manner years and, and, and uh, eras of the tour, but I don't know. And again, you don't want it manufactured. You don't want it forced. You don't, you know, I, 
there's been so many iterations of trying to solve the personality dilemma on on the LPGA tour. It, it is, it, but to me, it's compelling golf. Maybe some, I'm, I'm a golf geek, and they hit such great pure shots. I mean, some some of these just straight as a string, pure iron shots, and just the way they get around the course is just so elegant. Again, I keep going back to you know Byron Nelson, or just just the way a lot of you know players like play the game. I mean, you know, Lexi Thompson is fun to watch. I mean, she's got, she, she kind of wrestles with herself. I mean, there's a little bit of Arnold Palmer to that, the way she swings kind of what looks recklessly, and but it works for her. Uh, you know, there's a little, there's elements out there because every golfer's different, but yeah, you just, you, when it comes down to the leaderboard and who's winning majors and who's getting a lot of TV time, it's really composed, what thoughtful, cerebral, well, and really listen, it's kind, likable. You know, would, would love to have a cup of tea with 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 uh, on a, on a sunny afternoon. It's but, a yeah. it's, you, it's an entertainment. There's an entertainment value that needs to be there for everything. It doesn't matter if it's right. in, well, there's in no doubt or out of golf or whatever sport well, or whatever. It's a TV show at the end of the day. I mean, NFL football for all you know, as, as much money as you have, might have on it, or as much civic pride as it might bring you, if if you're from the town with that's you know that's fourteen and zero at the given time. It's a TV show. I mean, right. it's 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 built for entertainment value. If we weren't entertained, we wouldn't. You know, we'd we'd be flipping the dial to something else, or or we'd we'd be outside doing it, doing it ourselves. No it's doubt. a TV show, so it's it's, um, it's going to be compelling. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will give you our open championship picks and uh, and some of the interesting stories as we head in. So stay with us. This is playing through on the horn. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. <laughs> segment of playing through here on the horn brought to you by horseshoe bay resort he is carl mickelson i'm bob Ballou. royal liverpool <laughs> liverpool? liverpool royal liverpool golf club will welcome the uh open championship um if for the 13th time it's interesting carl uh you know it was there in 06 tiger woods won it was there in 14 roy mcelroy held off ricky fowler to win which we could see again this week um, Huge gap before that, though, right? You, you, you think you think because of Tiger and Rory, just real marquee winners that oh, we must in our minds, Royal Liverpool's been been in the roto for a long time, true, a hundred years ago, but not so much. I mean, there's a big gap that they had a big gap between 1967 and 2006, where Roberto Divincenzo won in '67, and. But that Tiger win shortly after his father's passing and him just sort of collapsing into his caddy's arms, Stevie Williams, it was just one of those, uh, one of, you know, 500 iconic Tiger Woods moments. But, um, you know, that was great. And then obviously Rory re really putting on a dominant, holding off Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler in really one of the, in, in I say recent memory, it's already been, not, you know, nine years since since we were there, huh. but full a full decade really. Uh, but the, both of those were electrifying. So you you feel like you've got some attachment to Royal Liverpool and the drama it can bring, even though it's only been twenty you know, two in the last two decades, or really, yeah, two in the last there, since the sixties. Yeah, there are only five players with odds of uh, 
better than plus 2,000. Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, and Cam Smith. Uh, Cam Smith's putter has been a hot topic lately, how well he's putting. Right. Um, you got a feel? Do you have anybody you like? Is there somebody you want to look to to uh, make this happen? I think the Ricky Fowler train is still rolling. I don't know if he can win it, but I, I think he'll be a factor. I think he'll be in the top five. Um, and I, if you're going to hold me to a pick, I'm going to keep picking Rory. Yeah. Rory's, Rory's got every I – mean, he's shown all season. He showed at the U.S. Open. He's got everything he needs to put it all together. Maybe it's the comfort level of a place that he's won before that does it. He's he's just got to break the streak of, of his, his winless streak in majors, and it's as good as time as any. I, I agree with you there. Um, if you're looking for a good value pick, uh, someone who you believe is maybe kind of off the radar or or way lower than what you would think. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a name that I think is interesting this week, Justin Thomas, and he has played some really bad golf over the last right. month and a half. Other than at the Travelers where he finished ninth, mm-hmm. um, he's played some really bad golf. We saw a little bit of a little bit of it the first two days of the Scottish Open. Um, I think he's in a good mindset. He's plus thirty five hundred. That's just like insane for Justin Thomas uh, skill. So right. I kind of like Justin Thomas. You mentioned somebody uh, in, in the break, Tommy Fleetwood, I think, is another guy you really need to keep an eye on. Shane Lowry, uh, who's one of Lowry the- Fitzpatrick, another another one that you Errol wouldn't Hatch wouldn't is playing great right? golf already this weekend. That would be great. That would There's be great. Guys like that. So, you know, I'd, I'd stick into a pick, though. It, doesn't it feel like, man, it's Rory's week, and then you're like, Rory's going to shoot 78 on day one? Yeah, we've said that so many times <laughs> that it's Rory's week, and it just feels like we're, we're, there's like, there's 30 million people jinxing Rory. You know, yeah, but. That's usually the way this goes. He's the favorite, plus 750, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Carl, we'll do this again next week as we update the Open Championship and kind of get to, to re- revisit our picks and then make some good ones for the weekend. Uh, always enjoy doing this with you. Look forward to next week as it is our final major of 2023. Primetime golf is great, but so is breakfast golf. So I'll be looking forward to the Open Championship. Loving it. Hope you do get to play when you're up in New York and have a great time out there. Great, great to be with you. Austin, Texas, have a great week. Stay hydrated. Stay cool. Play golf early. That's always the That's key. That's right. Play early. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us as always, guys. We love doing this with you. And uh, we look forward to the Open Championship next week. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. This is Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Go out and make a bunch of birdies, everyone.